Imagine you lived your whole life. You worked, you saved your money, you did everything right. But in your old age, you still have to worry about paying bills, where your food's coming from, and who's going to take care of you. In today's show, we have Lynn Walls from Little Rock, Arkansas. She's the founder of the nonprofit Heaven Sent Adult Daycare Center, and she's sharing the realities of life when you get older. And she's talking about the gaps in services for aging adults and how we can't afford to forget about our elders. Tune in as she shares how her love for the aging turned her into an advocate in her state. Welcome, Lynn, to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the introduction, you know? <laughs> of course. You know, I have to hype you up. <laughs> so let's get started because I want people to, I really want people to hear about the work that you do. So tell me a little bit about Heaven Sent and your mission. What do you do? Um, Our mission, and it's kind of funny because I have did this mission a thousand times, you know, when I'm talking with you mm-hmm. and we started to realize that our mission was it like in a three, like a, like a triangle, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like we serve the community, we serve the families, we serve the clients. And then we began to realize that um, we needed to be more dedicated, not only to the families, but to the community. Um, mm-hmm. So they would know exactly what our resources were and how we would help people. Mm-hmm. And so our mission is always to enlighten the public about the aging adult when it comes down to the vitality and that people can't be put placed in a box when it comes mm-hmm. down to what their limitations are or what their expectations are when it comes down mm-hmm. to whether it's finances or romance or or anything uh, when it comes mm-hmm. down to our aging adults. I love that. And Lynn has an actual center where she's there right now, where she serves, (laughs) (laughs) she serves aging adults who cannot unfortunately care for themselves at home and their caretakers need someone to care for them. And she does amazing stuff, y'all. She's I've seen on her Facebook page, live music. I've seen photo shoots. I've seen beauty contests. And I just love the idea that you can still uphold your dignity, even if you can't be as mobile as you were before, yes. or even if people feel like you're less than, you still can have an enjoyable life. Yes. And I love that that Lynn, every time she talks about aging adults, she lifts that up. Well, thank you. Of course. So tell me a little bit about what inspired you to start Heaven Sent. Um, so you know me, I'm gonna be extremely honest about it, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, when we first started Heaven Sent, it was because I was missing my mother so much. Um Every day I'm going to work, um, taking care of everybody else's mother, loving on them, taking care of them. And I was barely seeing my own mother, barely getting a chance to talk to her. So when I came together with my uh, longtime friend and confidant, we decided Mm -hmm. to, you know, this would be a way to be able to have our mothers inside the center and Mm -hmm. take care of other people in the process. So Mm -hmm. it was just like the perfect combination for us, you know, but then You know, my mother got sick. You know, she didn't get a chance to really participate with the center like I wanted her to, you know. But we started to realize that there were so many people in the community that had so many ailments going on that we were we we were really ready to start just jump in and just help and do everything that we could. Mm -hmm. So So it started off with selfish motivation, but it's become (laughs) it's become my life's work, you know, truly. Yeah. And and talk a little bit about like how the kind of things that you do and why you think it's so important 
to maintain the dignity of your clients. Cause you're not just any, I just want people to understand who are listening. This is not just a regular center, right? So tell me like how you ended up there. Why did you think it was so important to do the kind of things that you to, to do to be so unique? Um, well, the big thing is I hate for everybody to be the same. You know, when we first started trying to put the center together, we had all these different activities we were going to do. Well, what makes us different? What makes us better? And then we started realizing that it's not just about having the activities. It's not just about, um, you know, making sure that they're, you know, got their two meals and a snack. Mm-hmm. What can we do emotionally to make them still feel vital? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, like in the process, we're, we're getting ready for a senior prom right now. Okay. Mm-hmm. So like it's going to actually be at our actual prom. It's like when we were in high school and they're going to get dressed up and, you know, um, be able to, we're going to have music and they're going to have tuxedos and, you know, so I think people began to realize that when you start to get older, that mm-hmm. it does not mean that you're just ready to go sit on some kind of Island and not do anything. Even if you can't walk, even if you can't talk, even if you can't see, there still needs to be something to let you know that you are still a vital person, that you're still needed and you're still wanted and you're still mm-hmm. loved, you know? Right. And so, I know we've talked before about how sometimes people don't realize they're going to get old <laughs> <laughs> and you don't realize that the things that you still wanted to do as a young person, you still have those desires mm-hmm. as an old person. Can you talk a little bit about that? Cause I love when you talk about that. <laughs> well, I think I think the thing that has ever um, I kind of use myself in this situation, mm-hmm. like when I was in my early 20s, I wanted to do ballroom dancing. OK. Mm-hmm. And, you know, especially like I was saying before, I'm, I've always been a full figured woman, you know, and, and the stereotypes mm-hmm. that goes along with that, you know, like mm-hmm. you can't be as active or as vital and as passionate as sexy. And mm-hmm. then I started realizing that the same stereotypes that was for me was also for the elderly. Also, mm-hmm. why don't people think that they want to have sex at this age? Okay. Mm-hmm. It is a natural human function that we're all endowed to. And this when I started to realize, I'm like, you know what? Nothing, none of this goes away. Not mm-hmm. everything that we felt when we were in our twenties, it may lessen, it may decrease, but it's still the same way when you're eighties, you know? Mm-hmm. And I find myself being the advocate of letting people know, Hey, they still need hugs. They still want to be kissed. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, but like, well, you know, if you look at somebody in their age and they got their tongue down their throat, like, Oh my God, no, you know, <laughs> It is, it is still passion. It is mm-hmm. still passion. I, I say it jokingly, but it's still passion that needs to be felt between every person, you know, mm-hmm. um, no matter what age they are. And mm-hmm. um, that's what we fight for on a regular basis. And even when I speak to um, a lot of our families, when we have our group sessions, you know, mm-hmm. um, every month, you know, we talk about hypersexuality in Alzheimer's. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and it's such a hard topic because you think, well, Half the time they can't even remember what they had for breakfast, but they want to have sex, you mm-hmm. know, and they have intimacy. But they have to also realize that sometimes it will it will heighten and then sometimes it will decrease altogether. You just mm-hmm. don't never know what happens, especially when I bring up Alzheimer's, you know. So mm-hmm. I find myself being that advocate to let people know that these feelings that was once in 20s is still the same when you're 80. Yes. And you know, I would. No Go ahead. Go ahead. No matter whether it's 
intimacy, no matter whether it's the emotional part of wanting to hold hands or give hugs and just walking down the street together, you know, none of that goes away, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I would love to talk about the families, because when you started talking in the beginning, you said you serve the patients, you serve the families and you serve the communities. And I remember talking to you about like what it's like to be a person who has an elderly parent, for example, and they're working every day and they don't have the time to spend with their parent. Like you were in the situation with your mom mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. talk a little bit about like how you work with families to help them feel comfortable to have somewhere for their parents or their loved ones to go. I think the first thing that I start to do is, is just having a conversation because mm-hmm. people have to realize that even though the person they know that their family member needs help. That doesn't make them more comfortable to want to send them out into somewhere they don't know about, you know? Mm-hmm. So I always welcome uh, what we call the meet and greets. We're going to have one this Saturday for people mm-hmm. to come in and just kind of see who we are, what we do, some of the activities that we have, some of the things that we do as far as blood pressure and blood sugars. So if you can make, if you can speak with people and get them comfortable, then they'll mm-hmm. be more comfortable with you. And then they can get into the care that's needed, you know? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. that's the one thing I found out is that what I won't say the newer generation, because I have some good friends who are millennials that Mm -hmm. still want to have the connection, you know, but understand there can be no connection without talking, Mm -hmm. no connection. You've got to talk and you've got to find out what's wrong with the relationship. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, are they, are they already mourning their family member? Because sometimes you get into a mourning stage before they even transition. You get it? So, you know, you get to find out what stage. Sometimes sometimes it's a happy stage. Like, I know they're not what they used to be, but they're still my mom. They're still my dad. You know, you have to Mm -hmm. find out where they are. And then once you find that foundation of where you are with them and where they are with their family member, Mm -hmm. then you give them all they need. And you'll find out that the comfort, the comfort, the, the fun, the happiness, all that comes in and then they become more comfortable and letting you do what you were meant to do for their family. Mm. You know, I love that. Everything starts with relationships and getting to know who the people are. Right. And I know like a lot of people have anxiety about nursing homes and care facilities because there's just so much about how they're poor, like their, their loved ones are treated poorly. And there is a lot of anxiety about, putting people in a place where you don't know the people and they're strangers. So again, y'all, I love the approach that Lynn takes, which is why I wanted her on this show, because this isn't just another nonprofit. This is true passion, true care coming through and it shows and everything that she does and how she designs her services. And it's interesting how Lynn has morphed because when I first met Lynn, she was doing a lot of the direct care, but now she is, she is, transformed into an advocate for families when it comes to getting Medicare services and getting financial payments and things like that. So tell us a little bit about how you ended up becoming an advocate from where you started. Okay. So I have to give you this kind of the story of it almost, you know, so Medicare is so complex. You think it would be simple. You think, oh, I turned 65. Everything's great. I'm going to get part A, part B. I'm going to pay a premium. It is not that way, you know? Mm -hmm. And when you, 
you know, you, you, you become a certain age, you think, well, I'm going to get all this and it doesn't happen. You know, some people are in their 50s that, that need Medicare, mm-hmm. but they don't. But, you know, they haven't put enough years in yet or, or they're not old enough. So when I started to find out about Medicare is when I had a patient who she had a stroke. She went to the hospital and they were getting ready to discharge her. OK, and I thought to myself, you all know that she's not ready to go home. She's not mm-hmm. able to walk. She walked into this place and now she's being wheeled out. Wow. And this seems weird to you. If I walked into a facility and now I'm being wheeled out, that means you mm-hmm. haven't given me enough care. I'm not going to mm-hmm. say you didn't get the appropriate care, but you haven't received enough care. And that's when I became and I started got familiar with Medicare is that when people are Medicare recipients, they are able to say, you know what? I'm not ready to be discharged. I need to stay here. okay? Mm -hmm. and you can actually appeal the discharge. That means it doesn't matter what the doctor says. It doesn't matter what the nurse says. It doesn't matter what the rehab says. If you don't want to be discharged, you don't have to be discharged. And that's when I started finding out that no one knows their rights. Nobody knows their rights when it comes to Medicare because guess what? They're not going to tell you. Do you think they're going to actually tell you that right. you can stay in the hospital if you really want to? Of course not. You know, right. because but is it on a little piece of paper that with little bitty thin lines? Of course it is. That no one's going to read? Of course it is. Mm-hmm. So, so I started to find out that not only do I need to be an advocate for Medicare, but I need to also be an advocate for Medicaid. And, you know, mm-hmm. that's when people, especially here in Arkansas, the AR Choice Program, when they need more services other than just 10 hours at home, you know. So aside from doing the personal care and knowing that our, our aging adults needed personal care, that's when I started to really realize that Medicare and Medicaid, people are getting still lost yeah. in the system because they don't know all their rights. And if mm-hmm. Who's going to stand up for us? I think you're Generation X too, Tiff. Are you? I don't know. Mm. I Maybe. think I'm a millennial. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> I think I'm a millennial. I got to look back and see. <laughs> but you know what? I, you know, but I have so many friends who are millennials, but people are just not aware of their rights. And we, who's going to stand up for the baby boomers, for the silent generation, you know, it's important to know the generations, you know, um, mm-hmm. one lady asked me, what are you talking about? I said, ma'am, you're in the baby boomers. Okay. Y'all mm-hmm. thought it was cool to smoke weed and do all these kind of things. I said, we have to know where y'all fall in and where, you know, the silent generation, those were the, you know, your world war twos and all these things. Mm-hmm. People, you have to know how to address people. You won't know their socioeconomic, anything, their mm-hmm. emotions, their, mentality if you don't know their generations because you mm-hmm. cannot tell me that my generation thinks the same way baby boomers do even though they're just one year well you know one era under we're one era right. under so we're different we think differently you know mm-hmm. and the one thing that I have found out now dealing with a lot of the generation Z and millennials is that they feel like that nobody likes them mm-hmm. how can you take care of anyone if you feel like they don't like you Mm-hmm. You can't. Right. You can't. And I, I realize that as I'm coming across more people who are nursing and, um, you know, getting into healthcare, and my generation, my generation X and the baby boomers. Mm-hmm. I mean, the millennials and Generation Z think that we hate them. 
we don't hate you. It's just what has happened is, is that you all have put so much time into the technology that you're taking away from the human touch. Mm. And and the and the human touch is what's lacking. You mm -hmm. know, already healthcare is already hard. Okay. It's yeah. already hard. So you're already taken away from that. So why would you want to add the technology the technological part? You know? Mm -hmm. And that's that is the issue. That's the issue. And um I, I try to just let my friends know who are millennials and who are Generation Z. We do love you. We do want you to be successful. We want you to be vibrant and vivacious, but we want you to have respect. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing that, um, that I try to share with my friends who are millennials and Generation Z, you know. And, yeah. now the, and now, of course, the alpha generation is coming in. Those are the 20-year-olds, like my daughters that are 19 and 20, uh, getting them to understand that, hey, listen, there's another whole nother generation here and you're going to have to understand it. You know, I didn't even know about an alpha generation. Yes. I had no clue. <laughs> yes. The alpha generation. They're the 20 year olds. Yeah. They're okay. born in like 2000. Well, I don't know. I know it's like the two thousands or whatever, you know, mm -hmm. but I'm going to tell you something. It's just an amazing thing. And you can't, you can't love on people the way you should, where you should, you should be able to, but, but just being human, mm -hmm. you can't don't feel like somebody likes you mm -hmm. or doesn't, or doesn't respect you. You know, yeah, I mean, I think that's so important, like you said, when you talk about healthcare, because a lot of it is just feeling heard, feeling seen, and feeling yes. like you have an advocate or someone who cares about you who's mm -hmm. as actually like making sure you're healthy, yes. right? And so, when we get older in life, I just feel like I know, especially for me, when I look at the older generation, I always feel like I'm never going to get sick, like sometimes you feel invincible. Sometimes mm -hmm. you feel like, well, I, I still in my head, honestly, think I'm 27, <laughs> even though I probably look way older. <laughs> but it's that same kind of things. Like you never think about how you're going to be when you're older until you're there. Mm -hmm. And if you can't rely on the people behind you to help you through that and to help care for you, then it's, that's the disconnect I feel like you're seeing every time I talk to you, Lynn, between the two generations and those those older generations being left behind. Mm -hmm. So I'm so grateful for you for still like lifting up that topic because it's important. If we're blessed to get to old age, we all are going to need somebody. We're all going to need to rely on somebody. And so mm -hmm. we have to make sure that we're maintaining those relationships. Right. Mm -hmm. So this is fascinating to me. Um, <laughs> even though I'm not in the healthcare space, I do think it's really important. And I love how you're infusing like your love for nursing into caring for folks. Mm -hmm. But I would love to transition to like your journey as a nonprofit founder. Okay. okay. And what that was like. Um, and a lot of times when I'm on this podcast, I like to talk to share the experience of what it's like to be new and what it's like to be small. Cause I feel like sometimes people don't understand your experience and they don't mm -hmm. quite get it. So what's one thing you feel like funders get wrong and it could even be the general public about what they get wrong about new and small nonprofits. Um, one of the big things that I've noticed is, is that they feel like you're not capable mm -hmm. to really know what to do in the nonprofit sector. I mean, I can admit, okay, listen, I've been in healthcare for the last 28 years of my life. Okay. So coming into the nonprofit was a major thing. I just happened to be, I met you when mm -hmm. I came into this, you know, and you, you've helped me along the way. A lot of people don't get a chance to get what I've gotten. You know, mm -hmm. I get that. But um, I found out that people just feel like you have no experience. The, that may be true. I haven't had enough. I haven't had enough knowledge, but 
where I lacked in knowledge, I had enough passion and purpose to, to take me on, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted them to understand that I can, I, I am equipped to handle the challenges and the difficulty when it comes down to, um, you know, running the nonprofit and being current on things and making sure I can remember when you gave me my checklist and you were like, hey, have this 990, have this, you have that, you have this. And I was like, dang, I don't have that. Either. So I just started going down the list, you know, and making sure I had everything and mm-hmm. knowledge. It helped me to say when people come in here, you know what? This is not my nonprofit. It belongs to the people. Mm-hmm. So. If I can be in that mind frame, then know that I can also be in the mind frame to handle a million dollars. Okay, Mm -hmm. I can be in the mind frame to handle two million dollars. Okay, that I know exactly what we need and what we need to function. You know, Mm -hmm. so they just automatically assume that we don't have the experience, we don't have the knowledge and the know-how, but. Like I said before, with even though I may not have the broad amount of knowledge that some people have, I've got the passion and purpose to go that will far exceed that any time. Mm. You better talk about it. <laughs> that, that's what I like about. That's why I love working with people who are new and people who are small because it's that grit that y'all have, right? So you, there's something driving you to do this. And most people who are in the nonprofit space wouldn't dare start from scratch. Because they know how hard it is to start from scratch. But mm-hmm. those who are in like in the community doing the work every day, you know what your community needs. You still decide to keep going. Even if you don't have all the financial resources, you still get True. it done because mm-hmm. you see a need and you're there to meet it. So I just love talking with small nonprofit founders because you guys really do have the passion and the grit to get it done. And I thank you for sharing that. So if you were, if your nonprofit were a song, what would you what would it be? Lynn? So this is funny. I and I had never heard this song until I was well, I can't remember what I was watching, but um, and I don't know her name either. This is crazy, but it's called I Am Woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so it's the most almost like a weird little song, but when I tell you that <laughs> it talks about what what she talks about is her complexity mm-hmm. of being a woman. But yet her simpleness, her mm-hmm. masculinity, but yet her femininity, you know, mm-hmm. and letting her letting she's pretty much letting you know that she could be everything and more, you know, mm-hmm. that you need. And that's that's what I feel like when it comes down to this nonprofit, when it comes down to me, um, like sometimes I know I don't always sound like I look on the phone. You know, <laughs> I know I sound weird. But you're going to have to get used to it, that this almost six feet tall black woman here that's over bringing the pounds, okay, <laughs> is here and is going to give you all the love and knowledge that you need to take care of your family, you know? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so that if you ever get a chance to hear that I am woman, I mean, it is miraculous, I promise. I, I cannot... <laughs> and I do not know her name. It's I don't even know how I forgot it, but it is the most... If you, it's what is it's it's what is her name? It's her name is Emmy Emmy Melly. Emmy Melly. Emmy E M M Y M E L I. Mm-hmm. You ever heard it? No, I haven't. But the way you described it was amazing, though. Listen, makes me want to listen to it. She says, "I mean, how does she say it?" She's like, "Um, I'm Cherry. I'm a key lime pie." It's like she's like, you know, I'm your Ooh. everything. You know, I'm like, yes, <laughs> yes, yes, I am. You know, 
I mean, it's just a miraculous song. And it's what I love about it is, it's just like I said before, it's just she's letting you know that you can't put me in a little box. Mm-hmm. You can't place me in this little box. I'm too much. She says, mm-hmm. I'm eclectic. I'm like, yes. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, she's letting you know that I am everything. I'm everything. Mm-hmm. You know, and I just I have held on to that, you know, with our nonprofit, even when people can't understand our mission and why we are so passionate, because I'll say it a thousand times. You can pick all day long what goes in your mouth, but you do not get a chance to choose how you're going to get old. You Mm. don't. You don't. You think right now we could be sitting here talking, laughing, blah, blah. Uh, uh, It takes one blood clot. It takes Mm -hmm. one blood clot. Okay. One, the change, you won't know who you are, where you are, what today is. You don't know. So, mm-hmm. you know, when I, so when you hear me say I'm going to live, laugh and love, you better believe that at all mm-hmm. times, even when I'm crying real tears, mm-hmm. you know. So that's the way I feel about our nonprofit. Y'all don't understand that. Yeah, I'm here to give you all the information and help you. I'm not going to just lead you halfway into the water and leave you by yourself. I'm mm-hmm. going to help you get over the process. We're going to finish the process. And then tell me what I can do to be better. Mm-hmm. So that's the reason why. If you get a chance, please listen to this song, Miss Tiffany. I'm telling you, it is it is awesome. <laughs> I will, I will check it out. All right, y'all. So we are moving into a segment that I like to call the activation mode, and this is the time where you all can be activated to do something good. And you've heard, Lynn, you've heard her talk about the work that she does, and she is amazing at what she does. But Lynn, I want to give you the opportunity to talk about something your nonprofit needs right now. Okay. Um, well, we always need we always need vehicles, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing that we're able to do, um, we were able to go to the Department of Transportation. Mm-hmm. And if you're a nonprofit, then they will fund a portion of the of the vehicle and then you pay the other portion you know mm-hmm. and with that vehicle i can t- i can pick more people up to go to the grocery store i can pick more people up to go and get clothes and food i mean just different kinds of things you know you'd be surprised just doctor's visits mm-hmm. and before i go on let me tell you the reason why people say oh well they can use public transportation do you really believe that somebody in their age can really walk as long as they need to walk to go to the to you know to get to the bus stop that's, exactly. that's unrealistic. It's unrealistic. You know, um, let's talk about the little pricing that comes along with it. Sometimes they can't always pay the money to take a cab. You know, there are a lot. The Ubers, y'all, I know y'all got to know that Ubers cost a lot of money. They cost yes. a lot of money. I tried to do an Uber just to see what it was like. Mm-hmm. They wanted $30 and I was mad as I don't know what. I promise you. I'm like, did you just want me $30 just to go around the corner? Mm. I was so mad. I was like, this is too much. <laughs> you know, I mean, but vehicles would be able to help us, our clients, their families, and the community. So it would be like a triple whammy, you know, mm-hmm. uh, always. And then, of course, our bigger, the biggest goal that we have is always going to be um, making sure that we get a bigger center. We, we've been really, really blessed, y'all, to get a bigger center. We can help so many more people because... For those of you who don't know, and I've seen in different states, Medicaid is not always available right away. You may have to wait. So what does your family member do in the meantime? Okay. So mm-hmm. guess what? I We allow them to come here until their Medicaid is, is approved. Okay. Mm-hmm. So 
it's important. So every every donation counts. If you say, hey, I want to foster, um, we have a lady here right now, you know, that she's only able she's only able to pay a hundred dollars a week, right? Mm-hmm. But to come here is over five hundred. So if she's if you say, hey, we want to we want to foster her, yay, that helps her and it helps somebody else also. You know, okay. that's how we're able to help the community because her daughter, she still has to work. She doesn't have anybody else to help. And, you know, so that's how we're able to help the community. That's how we're able to step in and say, you know what, we may not have a plethora of ref- of funds, but we do have time and we have love. So guess what? Your mom can come here and until Medicaid gets started, she can come. And guess what? Her Medicaid got started. So, yay. <laughs> so, so, you know what I'm saying? So it really helps. Mm-hmm. So, you guys heard what Lynn shared. She's often filling the gap for folks. So imagine, you know, your parents have taken care of you all your life, or you just want to make sure that your parent has a good time for their end, end the, for their end years, right? But the government, what the government you've paid into, right? You expect it to get those services back when you got older, doesn't quite come in in the way you need it. So Lynn fills in the gap with her center, and she does amazing work with her patient. So if you guys are watching us live, I have just put her um, text chain on here. So if you text aging gracefully to 44321, so text aging gracefully to 44321, you can give a donation to help that a patient just like Lynn just mentioned who needs help, who may not have the resources to have full-time care or full-time daycare, but Lynn can still do that with your support. And I will also drop the donate link in the show notes as well. So thank you, Lynn, for sharing that story. I got one more question for you. Okay. Okay. So what are your three pieces of advice that you would give to a nonprofit founder like you? Um, the big thing truly has been to remain more consistent, mm-hmm. remain more consistent Get a stronger team, whatever you do, stay away from family. And I'm not saying in a bad way. No, I'm not saying in a bad way. I'm just saying that family won't give you exactly what you need all the time. And then um, take more time for yourself. Um, I'm sure you remember when we first started out, what, eight years ago, I was I was a different I was different mentally and emotionally, physically. You have to take care, you can't take care of other people if you won't take care of yourself. You know, and um, I used to always feel like, you know, self-care, self-care, you're being selfish. No, you can't take care of anyone if you will not take care of yourself. You can't pour from an empty cup. You hear people say that, you know, and they can't pour from an empty cup. I promise you can't. <laughs> you cannot. You got. To, and that's and that's what I would tell myself um, if I were to start all over again. I'm like, Lynn, don't get anybody. If they even twink, if they even blink twice about they don't know if they want to do it, get out. Mm. Okay. What we gotta do is have somebody who's consistent, persistent, and ready to work. You know. Mm-hmm. So I realized that for myself, I, I needed to be more consistent. You know, um, and then have a strong team and and just take care of myself. You know. All right. Thank you so much for for sharing your wisdom, Lynn. Thank you all for listening. I hope that you would check out Heaven Sent Adult Daycare Center in Arkansas. They're doing amazing work. And I will also drop the website and social media information in the show notes. And thank you for watching this latest episode of the Nonprofit Activator Podcast. 
and I will see you next time. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you share this podcast with someone who needs to hear some good news today. And don't forget, make sure you subscribe to the Nonprofit Activator podcast on all major podcast networks as we work to amplify all the great work that you need to know about. See you next time.